going on top rope nation extra this is kyle here to preview wwe's day one pay-per-view which takes place appropriately enough on new year's day that's saturday night the show uh which is in atlanta very close to being sold out last i checked the wrestletix twitter account 95 percent of the ticket allotment had been sold and if you're that means you're looking at almost 10,000 people in attendance. It'll be interesting to see with the rising COVID numbers if everyone who purchases tickets decides to show up. Regardless, it's a pretty strong number of tickets sold coming on the heels of a disappointing gate at Madison Square Garden the day after Christmas. Uh, just a quick note, Top Rope Nation will have a full review of the day one pay-per-view. Ryan and I plan on recording that Sunday morning. I'm sure it'll be available to you to listen uh, within 24 hours. Now then. With this Friday SmackDown being a year in review, there's really no reason to wait to preview this thing. Interesting to note, most of the recent WWE TV has been even more worthless than usual. The last SmackDown fell on Christmas Eve, so it was very much a throwaway. Raw on Monday night saw numerous absences due to COVID and was pretty terrible as a result. Even more terrible than usual. God bless you if you sat through that one. But we do have a card for Saturday, and here is what I am looking for. Universal title match, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. What I'm looking for, if Paul Heyman shows up and who he sides with. My assumption is that Heyman will show up, choose his side, and that person will obviously then walk out Universal Champion. Now, whomever loses the match will be the babyface, presumably, moving forward, and probably go on to win the Rumble to set up a third match at Mania. As for who Heyman will side with, the angle on SmackDown two weeks ago where Reigns fired Heyman and gave him a Superman punch easily could have just been a swerve. I thought that whole segment was pretty good, by the way. Uh, Reigns came across like a babyface for firing Heyman, but Lesnar was also positioned as a babyface for coming out afterwards. My guess is that it's going to turn out Heyman and Reigns were swerving Lesnar. I think WWE likes the dynamic of Lesnar being the babyface and Reigns as the heel, Although long-term, positioning Reigns as someone to cheer for wouldn't be the worst thing for WWE. Here's something else to consider, though, when making your pick on this match. I don't see Lesnar losing to Reigns three times. He's not going to come back. They're not going to give him a boatload of money to do three straight pay-per-view jobs to Roman Reigns. So maybe he does win here and Reigns gets it back at WrestleMania. Or, my God, would Lesnar as a babyface win the... WrestleMania match? Not sure, uh, but keep an eye on that uh, as far as how this feud is booked moving forward. Fatal 4-Way for the WWE title, Big E versus Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley. What I'm looking for here is if WWE is seriously looking at turning Lashley into a babyface. The portrayal two Mondays ago certainly made it seem that they were considering a babyface turn for Lashley, but that also could have been a situation where they simply wanted two babyfaces and two heels for one tag team main event. Let's also not forget the show-long portrayal of Lashley back in February. Do you remember this? When he won the title on Raw from The Miz? He came across as a total babyface that night in that scenario, and then essentially went right back to being a heel. Uh, whether Lashley is going to be a face or heel, I think the key thing to note is if he continues to be generally portrayed as a stronger act than the WWE champion, Big E. Uh, as for who wins on Saturday, I do not see a title change in a four-way. These type of matches 
essentially guarantee non-committal booking. That's why they do them. They don't want to have to commit to a direction just yet. Before he resigned with the company, I would have assumed Kevin Owens was a lock to take the fall here. But now that honor may go to Rollins, which would be hilarious since he was the one who won the original number one contenders match back in October. Uh, Rollins is essentially the same character as he was back in 2015, so who really cares? Uh, Should note, Raw certainly made it seem like all four guys would still be in this match, even though Rollins has publicly announced he tested positive for COVID-19. If anyone has to drop out, I could see Austin Theory being used as a replacement if they even choose to go the replacement route for this match. Uh, Edge and Miz, what I'm looking for here, if this program is one and done, or do they stretch it out to do a mixed tag with the wives? There's been enough wife talk in the build to lead me to believe that we will be getting a Beth Phoenix appearance at some point. She could simply show up here and help Edge win, which would end the feud, or presumably at least it would end the feud, or there could be a finish with the heel going over, which builds to the mixed tag. But more importantly than that, I have got a rant to go on here. So, as you probably could guess, I am not into this feud at all. Part of it is that I feel the peak of the Edge comeback story has really come and gone. He won the Rumble last year and got into the Mania main event. Now, it probably didn't play out the way he wanted, but a few months later, Edge still ends up challenging Reigns in a one-on-one title match as a tried-and-true babyface, and he lost. Now, Edge is basically resigned to doing these self-contained feuds, and as we saw with Rollins, there's no guarantee those will hit. Even if you liked the Hell in a Cell match itself, I saw WWE uh, rated it its number one match of the year. That was just an internal thing. I don't think there was any sort of voting done on that deal. But even if you liked that match, the feud itself between Edge and Rollins stunk. I think we can all agree there. But the even bigger issue, getting back to Edge and Miz is with The Miz. And this is one of those big picture issues that speaks to WWE booking as a whole. Listen up, gang. Almost four years ago, WWE had a ready-made feud between The Miz and Daniel Bryan fall right into their lap. But WWE did not want to do that feud the correct way, the correct way being building to and giving Bryan a satisfactory win, The reason they didn't do it that way is because to do so would be to admit Brian's the bigger star, and that goes against WWE's internal definition of what a star is. Now, if that's the way WWE wants to feel about Brian and Miz, that is their prerogative. It's their company. But did they even bother to use the feud to make their guy, Miz, a bigger star? No, of course they did not. Uh, Instead, after an unsatisfactory feud between uh, he and Daniel Bryan, Miz turns baby-faced and was used as fodder to get over Shane McMahon. Remember this? Now, eventually, Miz did turn back heel after that hideous deal with Shane McMahon, and he was put with John Morrison, but he clearly meant less at that point uh, in the tag team division. The Miz-Morrison pairing also comes to an unsatisfactory conclusion, where you have a breakup angle immediately followed by Miz taking time off to do Dancing with the Stars. During that time off, Morrison got fired. So there's that. Uh, I do know that the original plan for that feud, if you guys remember back, they had announced a Ms. Morrison uh, no DQ match, or it was some stip, like a street fight or something, and it was wound up uh, scratched. They canceled the match, didn't even happen. 
I know Morrison was supposed to beat The Miz in that match uh, to give Miz a storyline reason to be off television, but I'm assuming Vince just said, screw it, I don't want to put John Morrison over, and then a couple months later, he winds up firing Morrison. So that should uh, be a little insight on how they viewed uh, John Morrison, just how they view storylines in general. But uh, back to the present day here, we are essentially at a place where the WWE is pretending the last three and a half years of The Miz didn't happen. He is, they are trying at least to present him as the same character he was when he was really at his peak in 2017-ish, 2000 early part of 2018, maybe even going back to the end of 2016. You know, I know there was a mention of Morrison's firing in a promo that Edge and Miz did, but that means nothing outside of getting a few assholes to go, ooh, you know, just, again, who cares? You know, I mean, Miz could have said the same thing about, you know, Edge, you know, standing by idly while Christian left, but, you know, they didn't want to do that, so because it would have made sense. Uh, What I've gone on this big rant about Very long-winded way of me saying, I don't give a fuck about The Miz anymore. He's not at the same peak as he was late 2016 to early 2018. You can't just have all this bad creative, hand wave it, and just pretend you're back in the same place as before. You just can't, folks. I'm sorry. I won't stand for it. Uh, To take it a step further, I don't even understand what the present incarnation of this Miz character is supposed to be. He's obviously a natural heel, someone from the reality TV genre that should be easy to hate. But because he's lasted so long, WWE has this bizarre fetish where they constantly want to remind you what a hard worker he is, both in and out of the ring. Which is counterintuitive to what his character should be, ladies and gentlemen. Miz's character should be the last one to be concerned about putting in hard work. The narrative of him being a hard worker, which does have truth to it, I will concede, that would be more effective if Miz could potentially play a cool babyface. But he can't. He's not cool. He's from Parma. Parma is not cool. I feel terrible saying that my mom is from Parma. My grandparents, God rest their souls, were from Parma. But the point stands. Miz is not a cool babyface. He's never going to be a cool babyface. So I don't know why WWE insists on wasting television time telling you what a hard worker he is when it is counterintuitive to the character. End of rant there. Actually, it's not the end of the rant. I have one more thing I want to say. I remember my wife's friend texting me once if I was aware of the show Ms. and Mrs. I'm sure you've heard of it. Well, upon receiving this text, I acknowledged, yes, I was uh, in fact aware of the show. Uh, My wife's friend uh, says, what do you think of the Ms.? I'm like, kind of a toolbox. She's like, yeah, I turned it off pretty quick. So that's the Miz. Thank you very much. Moving on. The Usos defend the SmackDown Tag Team titles against the New Day. This is yet another WWE match that makes you forget what year it is. Is it 2017? Is it 2022? Certainly things have happened to these individuals over the last five years. The Usos are now with Roman Reigns. Kofi Kingston has won a world title. Xavier Woods won King of the Ring. But does this matchup feel any bigger than it did in 2017? I think not. Should be good in the ring, at least. Uh, rest of the card, less said about Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan, the better. I'm not sure what's worse. Uh, Liv's material or her delivery during the course of this feud just got awful. She has absolutely zero chance of winning Saturday night. I thought I had seen an Intercontinental title match announced for day one. Shinsuke Nakamura, who has 
had a completely useless reign, should be dropping his belt sometime soon to Sami Zayn, who's done good work on TV recently. But over at wikipedia.com, there is no Nakamura Zayn match listed. I thought I had seen several sites report that that had been added to the show. Zayn won a gauntlet on the last SmackDown to earn the number one contender spot to the IC title. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of sad that Nakamura and Zayn, whether or not this match takes place at the pay-per-view, uh, is not even considered pay-per-view worthy at this point. Possibly, you know, they delivered the WWE match of the year in 2016. And now they might not even be worthy of getting on a pay-per-view. Uh, sad. Uh, you know, if if and when Zayn wins the IC title, that should put to rest whether or not he's re-signed. I, I do expect him to win the IC title again. Snorsuke has just been brutal as the Intercontinental Champion, a completely worthless run. And I think Zayn's re-signed uh, based on him getting uh, so much TV time recently and getting to work with Lesnar. A match that was definitely added to the pay-per-view is RK Bro against the Street Profits. Two solid babyface teams that are over despite bad comedy. To me, WWE is not going to take the titles off RK-Bro until they're ready to break them up. But I'm also not sure what becomes of the Street Profits if they are to lose here. I guess, you know, RK-Bro could win on Saturday. And then they break up down the line. And that's when the Street Profits gets the title. That would be very WWE-ish. You know, have the team lose and then just win a rematch. <laughs> that happens for God knows what reason. Uh, Street Profits probably should be the next champs. Whether it is Sunday, or pardon me, Saturday, or sometime down the line. Uh, and then finally, last and certainly least, we've got Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss! I'll see you Sunday. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>